Well, good Sunday morning to you. I'm Melissa Moore. Thank you for being here for Mile High Magazine this morning. We sure appreciate that. You know, living here in Denver, there are so many cool things to go out and see. And if you've never checked out the Molly Brown House Museum, you really need to. And we're excited to talk with this morning the curator of the Molly Brown House Museum, Stephanie McGuire, because coming up here is the 110th anniversary of the sinking of the RMS Titanic. We want to talk about Molly Brown and her her connection to that. Good morning, Stephanie. Good morning, Melissa. Thank you so much for having me this morning. Well, thank you for being here. Well, we are commemorating the 110th anniversary of the sinking of the RMS Titanic. Uh, What's going on at the Molly Brown House? Yes, so um, we are commemorating 110 years with an exhibit called Heroin of the Titanic. And um, basically, that exhibit is focusing on Mrs. Brown and, you know, how she was remembered as the heroine of the Titanic just days after the sinking. Um, the newspapers were calling her heroine all over, um, all across the country. So um, we have done so much research and we've even found um, new interviews with Margaret Brown that we hadn't seen before. Mm-hmm. So all they're, although they're old, they're new to us and we were able to... Um, sort of piece together her story a little bit better and tell it kind of a little bit more factually for the first time in in our museum's history. Um, And you can hear that and learn that story here at the museum as you walk through and see these uh, really rare artifacts that we have on display. Um, They're all Titanic-related artifacts, um, and most of them come from private collections, so you won't be able to see them when they go off display at the end of September. So make sure you come to the museum in the next couple of months to see everything on display. Well, let's back up a little bit here. When you said she was known as the heroine of the Titanic, why was that? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, she she did a lot uh, kind of after the disaster. Um, she said that, you know, because her daughter, Helen, who she had been traveling with, um, had stayed back behind in Paris to finish up her studies, Margaret said that sort of allowed her to feel, okay, every all of my people are safe, so I'm free to do something. And Margaret always said, oh, you know, don't call me the heroine. I'm just doing what anyone else would have done. But basically what she did was was help. Um, she did what she could to help, especially the immigrant uh, passengers, the survivors who could not speak English. Mm-hmm. Margaret actually spoke many different languages because she was privileged enough to be able to travel the world at that point and live across the country. Um, and she spoke, she spoke many different languages so she could really reach out to these folks who were coming over. Um, trying to start a new life and now had nothing whatsoever to start that life with. And she could kind of comfort them and help connect them with their family members. And and she actually stayed on board the rescue ship overnight before um, disembarking. So many people felt, you know, saw her, her helping and nursing the survivors and said, wow, this woman really did a lot and called her the heroine of the Titanic. Okay. And then tell me, you said that you've really been able to piece together more of her story. Uh, what have you learned recently about her story that's completed it for you? Yeah, well, you know, as history is never complete, unfortunately, but we always take those little puzzle pieces and try to make them fit into the larger puzzle um, and try to make sense out of it all. So it's really fun. It's kind of a scavenger hunt to try to find those little bits and pieces that make it make more sense. Um, and we found a few um, interviews that Margaret did just after the disaster. Um, she spoke to reporters 
orders many times immediately after. Um, one of them was while she was still on board the rescue ship. So she's essentially stepping away from, you know, helping somebody and she's distraught. And the rescue ship is where things get really traumatic. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are, you know, not well from the hypothermia. And she's sort of stepping away and talking about this, this you know, it's sort of a, in a more tragic way, a more emotional way. Um, and we kind of hadn't really unpacked that interview up until this point. Um, and then we found an interview where she was speaking to a reporter on the train ride home back to Denver. And we had never before seen that interview. So that really kind of, uh, it, it sort of helped um, bolster some of the things that we already thought she had been talking about, but mm-hmm. also uncovered some new things like, oh, maybe she hadn't been um, in her room at the time of the thinking. Because of course, she is, she writes her story about a month later. So her written account is sort of what we've always focused on. And by the time, you know, time has passed, by the time she writes her account, it's a little bit different from those initial interviews. And we sort of unpack that in our um, audio tours and our our digital guides um, and our guided tours um, here at the museum through the summer. So you said that originally you thought she was in her room, but what did you learn with those new interviews? So um, we, when she writes her story, she says, uh, oh, when the iceberg, you know, when we hit the iceberg, I was in my room reading a story and the ice, you know, we hit the iceberg and I fell out of bed. Um, and, you know, then somebody comes to my window and it's a very kind of like theatrical, dramatic event. Um, but when, you know, she's interviewed while she's still on the rescue ship, so that memory that everything is fresh in her mind, although she's also shaken, of course, right. at that time um, where she's, and it's very interesting to sort of unpack how memory works. So so right after uh, the tragic event, she says, I was on deck with um, a couple of gentlemen. We were talking about, you know, oh, isn't it, isn't this nice to say, to, to travel this way? And that's when it hit. So um, it's it, in the exhibit too, we unpack how memory changes with time um, and all those different factors that sort of create our own memory. Right, right. And like you said, I mean, history is never complete. So you're learning new things all the time. Uh, tell me, about some of the artifacts that you have at the Molly Brown House Museum right now supporting this 110th anniversary of the sinking of the Titanic? Yeah, we have um, quite a few really, really remarkable artifacts on display right now. Um, My personal favorite is one that directly links Margaret Brown to the Titanic, and that is the only possession of hers that actually survived the sinking um, that we know of. Um, And it's a tiny little figurine that she probably got from a street vendor in Egypt. Um, And she had been traveling in Egypt just before she uh, boarded the Titanic. And she didn't even realize herself that she had put this little figurine inside of her pocket until much later when she realized it had gone through the whole tragic event um, in her pocket and survived. And it was at that point when she decided to gift it. Um, You know, she's looking at this little figurine and saying, wow, this is this is a lucky this is a lucky little talisman. Yeah. Um, and and then she gives it to the, the captain of the refuge ship of the Carpathia, uh, Captain Rothrin. She just felt that he he did everything that he could to, you know, make the, the survivors feel at home. He he did such a good job um, sort of taking care of all of them. So she, she gave it to him as a gift. And that has made its way to the museum this year for the first time. Um, and it is very, you know, it's my favorite, personal yeah. favorite. Oh, I and can see that. Also, yeah. <laughs> And of course, we also 
also have, you know, some uh, white darline china and silver that you can see. Um, we also have a postal slip that came from one of the survivors. We have a few um, other artifacts from survivors. So um, it's kind of a scavenger hunt through the museum where you'll find different pieces and learn about um, those pieces and how they connect to Margaret Dory. And then you have another new artifact coming August 9th. Is that correct? We do. We're so excited to be able to get this artifact back um, to the museum. It actually was here in 2012 when we celebrated 100 years of the sinking. Um, it is called a binnacle, and it's basically the device that houses the ship compass. Um, and it comes from Titanic's sister ship, the Olympic. Oh, okay. So back in, uh, yeah, back in the 1930s, the Olympic was sort of retired, and they, you know, did a big auction to um, auction off all of the, the ship fittings. And uh, this woman, Dee Dee Decker, she's a local Denver resident, and we've been working with her, and she's graciously um, donated or allowed us to um, display this item on loan. Uh, she, her grandfather was at that auction, and so he was able to get the binnacle from the Olympic. So we'll have that on display, um, and you'll be able to learn more about how binnacles work. Okay, that sounds cool. And you also have, for people that were fans of Titanic the movie and the unsinkable Molly Brown, you have memorabilia from the that part of it, the media part of it too, correct? Yes, we do. Yeah, so um, when you come in and all of this is included with your museum ticket, you'll be able to be um, a prop, I guess, from the James Cameron movie and the unsinkable Molly Brown movie from the 1960s. Um, so we have sort of a pop culture exhibit, part of the exhibit where you can see those fun items like a uh, piece of the Grand Staircase from mm-hmm. the James Cameron Titanic movie, um, a couple of signatures from actors, things like that, and um, explore kind of in that base what really happened, you know, was was um, the way that James Cameron portrayed certain aspects of the movie, was that in line with the way that Margaret recalled it? Was that in line with the way other survivors recalled it? And we sort of explore that in that base as well. What has surprised you as the curator? What have you learned here at the 110th anniversary that surprised you? I would say the the number one thing that surprised me is learning more about Margaret's views um, just following the disaster, um, especially how she was very upset, I guess you could say, with the with the women and children first action that was put into play because um, there was a whole fiasco with the, you know, with not having enough lifeboats. Mm-hmm. And so they sort of jumped into, okay, women and children first. Um, and, and on one, I guess on one side of the ship, it was one women and children first. On the other, it was women and children only. Um, so that basically resulted in many, many men um, losing their lives that night. And Margaret was very upset with this in light of women's equality and everything that was sort of being played out with the women's suffrage movement at that time. And she felt, you know, one of her quotes was, um, women demand equal rights on land. Why not on these? So she's she's even saying, you know, it's, it's kind of radical when you think about it in a way. She's saying, why did all these men have to lose their lives when women are demanding equal rights? So um, just how passionate she was about that view. Um, she says it over and over again in interviews and in her written account. That is a radical view, especially for the time. Yes, it definitely was. And, and Margaret was a part of that um, suffrage movement. She, she hoped, not only did she host, you know, suffrage events and meetings, 
but um, she wound up running, she ran a campaign um, to run for United States Senate before a woman had ever attempted to do such a thing. Yeah. Um, she never, she never actually ran uh, because of a lot of different things. Um, you know, the, basically the lead, the lead suffragist at the time sort of said, okay, let that down. Um, but she was doing sort of what women had not been able to achieve at, at that time. And a woman would not beca- become a U.S. Senator until I believe it's 1932. Wow. So yeah. almost, yeah, many, many years later. Yeah, so incredible. Her story always fascinates me. Uh, for folks that want to get tickets, for guided tours, for all that information, where do they need to go? Uh, just go on our website at mollybrown.org and all that information is there on our website. Okay, and when it, you we talked about the exhibit coming to an end, I know it's going on right now. What does it run until? Yes, it runs until September 25th. So please come on by before then. Um, it will, as soon as the, these artifacts go off display at the end of September, you might never see them again. as They'll go back into their private collection. So we encourage you to come by and see these awesome things. All right. Curator of the Molly Brown Museum here in Denver, Stephanie McGuire. Thank you so much for your time. Always fascinating learning more about Molly Brown or Margaret Brown, as you refer to her a lot, too. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes, her, her name is Margaret. She never actually went by Molly during her lifetime. So we always call her Margaret or oh. Mrs. Brown, which is what she would have been called during her life. Isn't that funny? I did not know that. That's a great little tidbit to end on. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for being here again. And to learn more about the Molly Brown House Museum, go to mollybrown.org. That's the website we were talking about. And the great thing is there's so much information there. Uh, they've got the hours, the pricing. If you have a school that wants to do a tour, they even have an online store. And like we were talking about, as they're celebrating the 110th anniversary of the RMS Titanic going down and Molly Brown's connection to the Titanic and what she was doing on the ship and how she helped. You can get those tickets. You can buy tickets in advance. It sounds like this is just going to be an incredible exhibit to see. And some of these items you won't be able to see again. So definitely check it out. The website again is mollybrown.org. I'm Lisa Moore. Have a wonderful Sunday. Go out. Be blessed and be kind to everyone. I'll see you back here next Sunday.